Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Love my dive bombs. You might as well go get the best silhouette that's on the market today. Those days that you got to walk your shit into to the spread, you can't beat silhouettes. They stack up like a dream. They pack up nice. The bags are awesome. The paint scheme is unmatched. Get the ones with the flocked heads. You're in the money then. So go to divebombindustries.com today. The season's here. You need silhouettes. You might as well have the best that are on the market today. Go to divebombindustries.com. Get what you need. And we would like to thank our newest sponsor, Boss Shot Shells. They are changing the shotgun shell landscape forever. No more big box stores. Boss Shot Shells sells directly to you. You order from them. It goes right to your door. No more middleman. They're changing the game. And they're delivering a premium load. They really do. They blow the best load. Best load in the business. So go to BossShotShells.com today. Get what you need for the season that's here. Or if you're wanting something custom, call them up. They'll make you whatever you want within reason. So BossShotShells.com. Get your shotgun shells for this season and just crush those birds. No more uh, wounding birds or having them fly off with crippled wings. Boss Shot Shell puts them down and puts them down good. So. Go to BossShotShells.com now. The Big Honker Podcast is brought to you by 737 Duck Calls. Folks, the season's right around the corner. If you're in the market for a new call, then look no further. Go down to www.737DuckCalls.com and use promo code HONKER at checkout for 15% off your order. What more could you ask for? Couldn't be simpler. Log on your computer, go to their website, make your order, and there it is, right to your door in a few days. It's the best. I love it www.737duckcalls.com promo code honker go order something and go check out our sponsor sea light leds and at sealightleds.com and use coupon code big honker 10 for 10 percent off all purchases folks all of our trailers all of our trucks we're gonna have a video out pretty soon on wiring a trailer have ed is going to take care of all the wiring we're going to wire a trailer from start to finish we're going to have a video out on YouTube on our channel. It's going to show you how to do it. Go to sealightleds.com and make a difference in the morning because there's nothing worse than going through a field. Dark, you can't see nothing. You open up your trailer, you can't see your damn decoys in it. You can flip one switch on, you can light up the whole field. You don't have to worry about your headlamps and running out of batteries and shit, driving down the road with your dang headlamp on and forgetting about it. Anyways, go to sealightleds.com and check out the lights that light up Stanfield Hanging Outfitters in the Big Honker Lodge. The Big Honker Podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, home of the Big Honker Lodge. We are located in Knox City, Texas. That's www.stanfieldhunting.com. Been in business for over 25 years. We put them in your face. Ducks, geese, dove, whatever you want to shoot, give us a call at stanfieldhunting.com, 940-658-3172. And we have some November goose specials. I got some October pheasant and dove special. Give me a holler at stanfieldhunting.com. I'd like to thank Big Honker Podcast, William Chris Wines. That's William Chris Vineyards out of High Texas. Folks, if you need that wine for that special occasion, it's wedding season coming along. Zach's getting married first weekend in November. He needs to go to William Chris Wines and William Chris Vineyards and WilliamChrisWines.com. You can get a case of wine sent to you for $1. Go to promo code HONKER, H-O-N-K-E-R, coupon code for WilliamChrisVineyards.com. You can find William Chris Vineyards or William Chris Wines at Bucky's General Foods, and most other high-end retail outlets for wine. And that's WilliamChrisVineyards.com, home of Sway Rosé. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Garrison Brothers Bourbon. 
Yes, folks, Texas bourbon, the best bourbon in the United States, made in Texas, right there in high Texas. Check out garrisonbrothers.com and go get you a, a bottle of the best bourbon you can have. Folks, we're not talking about $20 bourbon. We're talking about boutique bourbon, the best bourbon there is in the country, right here made in Texas for everyone in America. Not everybody's lucky enough to be born in Texas or live in Texas, but you can all enjoy a nice glass of Texas bourbon. That's garrisonbrothers.com. And let them know the people from the Big Honker Podcast sent you. All right. On this episode of the podcast, we have a migration report. We cover we cover uh, east to west all over America. We have Scott Trinan on. He's in the Mississippi Flyway over there in Minnesota. Then we have Bill Saunders. He's over in the Pacific Flyway. And then we travel to Maryland with Sean Mann. And then finally we wrap it up with Jeff Coates, the pit, the pit boss, waterfowler so we've got you covered on what the birds are doing and what everybody across the this great nation is seeing so anyway enjoy Okay, three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. This is a migration report, and I am Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. Excited for this one. We're going to talk to a couple different guys from all over the couple different flyways. And first, on the phones, we've got Scott Trinan. Scott, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, real quick, where where are you at for people who don't know? Where are you at in the, in the flyway? We're located in Rochester, Minnesota, which is in the, I guess you would call it the upper part of the Mississippi Flyway. We're in the southeast corner of uh, Minnesota. So, born and raised here and hunted here for, this will be my 25th season. 25 years. That's right. I'm sure you know it like the back of your hand by now. Well, you never know it like the back of your hand with these things. You know, they can change it up on you, but... Uh, we feel we got a pretty good idea. We've seen enough uh, migrations and enough seasons to have a, a little bit of a clue, but uh, probably not like the back of my hand. <laughs> well, it's it's October 25th, uh, the recording of this. It'll come out uh, October 26th, so pretty quick turnaround. Okay. But, uh, so October 25th, what are you seeing as far as migration right now? Um, probably, uh, I guess you would call it on par. Um, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's anywhere ahead, uh, for any reason, uh, in our area, you know, we deal with so many resident geese up here in Minnesota that, uh, um, you know, things can get, uh, I guess seem a little different, uh, than in most states because our residents, uh, geese, we have so many of them that they move around quite a bit. Um, and what I mean by that is when the early seasons come in, uh, you know, they get shot off of ponds and rivers and roofs and stuff like that. And they might move 30, 40 miles, uh, to a different area. They might just go into town. Uh, we have a lot of molt geese that come through. So, you know, you can, you can, you, it can seem like you have a lot of geese, but they might be just from 30 miles away, you know, or vice versa. You might not seem like you have anything, 
uh, in the migrations way behind. It's just how these resident geese push around the state and into different areas and, you know, just around Rochester here, um, you know, X amount in the refuge. If you go 20 miles around Rochester, there's X amount. So I would say as far as the migration uh, standpoint is concerned, it's probably uh, probably about on par uh, in, a, in an average of the last 25 years I've seen anyways. So the resident birds, they, they basically just push around just by pressure pretty much? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, we have, you know, statistically 125,000, uh breeding pairs in the state of Minnesota, which you would call resident geese in the Minnesota. Um, and these residents, they'll, you know, raise their young on rivers or ponds or have a wolf pond. When they start to get shot up, they'll start to push into towns. They're, you know, then they truly become urban resident geese you know and just like here in rochester we'll have you know 2500 geese that kind of stage in rochester uh throughout the year and once opening season opens up on september 1st by september 10th we might that number might double because they're getting you know pressured in the outside outskirts areas where they can get hunted and then they'll just move into town where they can't get hunted um so you know you'll have this influx of birds come in and that will happen periodically through you know about this time of year where um you know birds will just change they'll shift they'll be in an area they'll catch a north wind they'll come 60 miles you know they move around quite a bit during this time of year before all of uh you know primarily our manitoba migrating geese come into town and that manitoba is where you get most of your geese from pretty much all of them man yep pretty much all of them and then how many how many will will ship out whenever the weather gets nasty up there? Because I've seen some Rochester winters on uh, Facebook and everything. It looks pretty nasty. You know, obviously, you know, back uh, when we had Silver Lake open, which was a coal burning uh, facility that uh, provided heat for the clinic, they shut that down in two thousand eight. Uh, before they, you know, before when that was open, they really didn't ship out. You know, they would stay here all winter long. We would you know, hold 35,000, 40,000 geese. Now, obviously, with that not open, uh, we rely on our big deep quarries that are rock quarries and sand quarries. Uh, so when those freeze up, you know, we'll, we'll still winter around 8,000 8, geese, 10,000 geese, but most of them move on. Uh, that generally happens right around that, it seems like, December 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th time frame is when, uh, when it's been locking up the last several years. Are you seeing a lot of ducks right now? Uh, we, I tell you what, <laughs> ducks around Rochester are kind of like zebras. You know, you <laughs> you might see one every couple years. You know, it's uh, um, when the Zumbro River had a lot of zebra mussels back, uh, you know, five, four or five years ago, we would have a lot of ducks in town. And then they dropped that river system down right before a hard freeze to kill those zebra mussels. Mm-hmm. And the ducks really haven't been in there very heavily uh in the last two three years but the the mississippi river um right now is seeing a substantial amount of ducks probably the most they've seen uh for right now which is october 25th uh they have in shoot a long time so i know some locals are saying it's the most they've ever seen there um at any time uh so there is a lot of ducks on the mississippi river right now and that's kind of contributed to uh the restoration of getting that rice back in there. Uh, the 
uh, Fish and Wildlife Services have uh, have done a awesome job over the last four or five years to get the rice growth back in there. Uh, the refuges are uh, you know full of rice, so those ducks are starting to show back up on the Mississippi River pretty good. It, but well, they how far are you from the Mississippi River in Rochester? We're about forty-five minutes. So none of those ducks will, will make it over to you. Not really. No, if we shoot ten ducks in a field a season while we're goose hunting, that's probably about average. So what? What's your? It's per- pretty much big honker country. What's your prediction for the year with everything that you've seen? Um, you know. They're call the they're calling for a pretty mm-hmm. pretty substantial winter. What what are your predictions for this upcoming season? Uh, my prediction is the migration will be late, uh, just because of the poor hatch um, that was you know reported from from us all the way up to uh, the Northwest Territories. You know, I think I think someone I read the the, the snow goose hatch was pretty much non-existent, mm-hmm. um, which means probably the little goose hatch. Uh, isn't any better. I know the big goose hatch was probably the worst I've ever seen it. Um, So when they don't have that young to deal with, uh, those young geese that are uh, moving down the flyway with them, they tend to hold out a lot more. Um, They tend to fight the weather, battle it um, more. So I would presume probably, you know, it's all weather-based, obviously, but um, just in general, I would say it would be a little slower migration. Um, I know this time of year, we usually have some little geese that have moved in and, you know, for this time of year, I guess actually have moved out, but we haven't even gotten those yet. Um, we've got some buddies up in central Saskatchewan that, uh, um, still now are just loaded with little geese. So in general with a poor hatch, I would say it's going to be, uh, it's going to be behind or later, you know, obviously weather dictates a lot of that and snow, uh, snowfall. Uh, but I would say they'll be a little more stubborn to push south just because, uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit older, hardier birds. They don't have a lot of young to deal with. So if a flock has more young birds, they, they tend to move just a little bit faster when the weather sets in? It seems like it. It seems like it. You know, last year, uh, if this was probably the worst hatch uh, I've ever seen this year, last year was probably one of the best. Um, and this time last year, you know, just in the Rochester area, we might've had double the geese that we have now, or at least, uh, you know, a substantial amount more. Um, and it just seems like, you know, there's just more geese. They push out, they, uh, you know, the young, they're, you know, six months old, seven months old, just seems like they migrate a little bit better, uh, and push down a little bit further, um, when there is, uh, when there is more juvies um to be you know to be be had i guess uh so it just seems like they stall out more when they're adults and they push further south when there's a lot of young that's just kind of a i guess a theory that i've maybe seen over the last uh you know x amount of years but uh you know a lot of it is weather dependent so speaking of poor hatches the, they just came out the atlantic flyway for the 2019 2020 season they're choking it back mm-hmm. 30 days one goose i think it's uh two mallards i think is what it is don't quote me on that but they're choking it way down mm-hmm. uh, uh is it, that's all hatch related I'm, I'm presuming you know that's a good question um you would have to base it off of that but i'm sure that they've uh 
you know, the, 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 the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, I mean, they've been tracking migratory birds since, uh, you know, probably, a, you know, 80, 100 years, you know. So they've got a lot of information, a lot of detail uh, that they probably go into these uh, 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 decisions like this. So I would assume a lot of it has to do with a bad hatch. Um, you know, waterfall hunters, speaking of a bad hatch, I'll go back a little bit. You know, we probably won't see the result of this year's hatch so much this year, mm-hmm. you know, because last year was such a banner hatch year that we are going to have still a lot of one-year-old geese uh, that are going to come down. And what I mean by see the result of it is, I mean, your hunting results. Right. Um, there's going to be a lot of one-year-old geese still to hunt, uh, not as many juvies, obviously. So I think this year probably going to be still a pretty good hunting year um where you're probably going to see the result of a bad hatch for giant canada geese or resident geese is probably in three years um because a giant canada goose doesn't start nesting until they're three years old where like a lesser goose a richardson a cackler they generally not nesting until they're five or six years old so you guys might not receive the result of it until five or six years now in right. uh, us will be in three years. And what can really put a negative on it in three years is let's say these geese that were born this year, um, what few were born and successfully raised do start hatching in three years. If you have a poor hatch that year, uh, poor weather season in the spring, then that could be a really tough uh, hunting season because uh um, you know, not too many Canada geese make it to four, five, six years old, you know, uh, and a lot of them don't make it to three years old, uh, you know, but, uh, so you might see the result of it in, uh, you know, a couple years down the line. And for guys that hunt littler geese, you know, five, six years down the line, I think this year will probably still be pretty good because of last year's hatch, but, you know, going back to the Atlantic flyway, um, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of detail a lot of information to make a decision like that. Uh, because let's be honest, the last thing they want to do is restrict hunters more. You know, we're losing hunters or we did lose hunters at a record pace there for, you know, 15 years. You know, we dropped below a million waterfall hunters in the United States, uh, which it was up to over 2 million in 1970, I think, or something like that. So, uh, you can see in most areas of the country, they're more liberal bag limits, they're longer seasons. So they probably have some pretty good information or have seen uh, some type of nesting habitat deteriorate where these birds aren't successful anymore. I'm sure they have a lot of detail um, in why they would make a decision like that. And it's probably for the best for the birds in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously hunters are probably upset about it but uh um it's probably going to be the best decision for that uh flyway and the birds they hunt long term which is the goal for 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 all of us waterfall hunters to uh to have substantial bird numbers for not just next year for for many years to come so speaking of numbers uh Mm -hmm. on your uh facebook you you are shooting boss shot shells now is that that's correct yes we do shoot those yep you made a post and it caught a lot of flack about the sure. over yeah. th- birds over what was it three years old if they're over three uh, yeah Canada geese uh, in particular resident or giant Canada geese over you know three years old or older and the 
The post was at over three years of age, fifty percent carry shot. And mm-hmm. You 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 took a lot of flack over that on on social mm-hmm. media, and you were just reporting the numbers that you had. Right. So with the with the and we are now proud to say that we also shoot boss shot shells, and we're shooting them this weekend at some ducks. We got a shitload of ducks here. We got water out the ass, and we got a bunch of early season ducks. So I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, how these boss shot shells shoot. You say they hit like a freight train. Mm-hmm. So is that, that's going to do, that's going to do more for uh more successful harvest, which, which, uh, well, you know, going back to, going back to your, your, your comment on the post there, you know, and a lot of people were saying, Oh, it can't be that many. It's, you know, 10, 15%. Well, maybe, maybe this will break it down easier. Um, uh, you know, there's studies that have showed more birds will carry shot when they're adults and some less. You know, you got to remember, not very many Canada geese make it until they're, uh, giant Canada geese make it until they're even three, four, five years old. So maybe it's easier for, to break down this. If you look at a field with a hundred big geese in it, mm-hmm. okay, and I'll ask you this, how many of those geese do you think carry shot? Probably half, at least. You think half? Yeah. Well, I would say maybe 30 of them, okay? Let's say 30 of them out of that field carry shot. Got now, it. you look at that field and you say, there's 100 geese. How many of them do you think are one- and two-year-olds? Oh, okay. Probably 70, right? Right. I mean, statistically on the numbers. So, how many of those 30 do you think are adults? I mean, how many of those 30 that carry shot do you think that are adults? You know, probably somewhere around 15. Okay, so you start doing the numbers and 15 out of 30 geese out of the adults in that field carry shot. Well, there's your 50%. You know, you just can't. You just can't look at geese and say there's 100 in that field, no way 50 of them carry shot. Right. No, that's probably not right. Probably 30 of them carry shot and maybe half of those 30 that do carry shot are adults. So there you start figuring out the numbers, and that probably would have explained it a little bit easier because people probably wouldn't think that far through it. You know, they just seen that, you know, 50% of geese carry adults. But when you look at a field and you start to break it down, how many juvies, one-year-olds, two-year-olds are out there versus adults, you know, maybe that's a little bit easier to break it down. But, no, Boss is is a company that just started out of Michigan. Uh, Brandon and a good friend of ours, Lee Jost, does a lot of the marketing for it, and uh, he brought them up to us a while ago and we had them try it uh we tried it up in uh north dakota on geese during early season and then we uh shot it up there a couple weeks ago during duck season and you know the good thing about it is it's a very clean load you know the powder the shells it's just put together very very clean and one thing that uh guys will question with boss shells a lot is it's only two and three four inches they're like oh you can't kill anything with that Well, the thing is, is that they have a payload weight the size of, three you know, inch. a three and a half inch. Now, sure. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, length really has no determination on what that shot can do. Yeah. It's all about payload weight and speed of that shot. And, you know, here's a question. What's the difference between a two and three fourths inch shell that is an uh, inch and an eighth in weight and a three inch shell that's inch and an eighth in weight? Nothing. Right. You know, yeah. they, they just put... You know, if you ever cut open a shot shell uh, and look what's inside of a three inch or three and a half inch, 
There, some of it's flaxseed, some of it's plastic. Yeah. I mean, it's stuff that has no bearing on really the shot itself. So length has always been a you know a, a, a mystery or a, you know a selling point, but it really has no determination what's what's uh, what's packing the punch in that uh, shot shell. So we're happy to shoot it. Um, it's very clean. Uh, hits like a truck, especially on ducks. Uh, they're duck stuff out, and then they're coming out with, uh, you know, we used the threes on geese, had great success, and then we're real excited in November. They're releasing, uh, you know, a three-inch load that is going to be like an ounce and, you know, five-eighths or something like that. So it's a really, you know, a Peterbilt Mack truck load that uh, uh, we're pretty excited about because, you know, as well as anyone sitting out in the field and watching, you know, a lot of shot can be successful mm-hmm. at 10 to 25, 30 yards, you know, and on ducks and little geese, you know, maybe even extended out further than that. But when it comes to, uh, when it comes to giants, uh, uh, Canada geese at 25, 30 yard plus, especially when it gets later in the year, you know, you need a real good quality shot. And a lot of guys don't know how good of a shot they are until they start shooting a premium shot shell. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just don't, you know, it's, it, you'd be amazed that if you shoot a good shell, you got it choked good. Um, really, how far you can kill a bird cleanly uh, if you're shooting a good uh, good shot. And a lot of people, unfortunately, you've guided them, I've guided them. You know, they'll show up late season, they're shooting five sixes at giant Canada geese. You know, it's just, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just hear it just hitting them, you yeah. know, and it's, it's not doing anything to them. And that goes back to that study that why so many of them carry shot. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're happy with boss and uh, we're excited for the things they have coming. Yeah. We had, we had Brandon on a couple weeks ago and, and he was just, you know, he was basically, he's heard so many comments about not being able to kill birds with two and three quarter, you know, he came mm-hmm. and he broke it down for everybody. Like, look, cut open your three inch shells. Cut open your three and a half inch right. shells. It's filled with garbage yeah. to make up that Just garbage. to make up that yep. difference. So mm-hmm. uh, we're we're excited. And you know, back to the fifty percent thing. I've guided, uh, you know, like you twenty. This is uh, twenty years. Uh, I've seen the. I, you know, I've seen fifty birds come in and only five fall. Well, you know, you got to figure with that's with eight shooters. So, right. I mean, you know, I've seen it worse than that. You know, you'll decoy a pack of 30 and uh, right where you want them and three of them will fall, you know, two, one, one, you know, sails off or whatever the be. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of it has to do with obviously a little bit of inexperienced shooting, uh, but some of it has to do with the quality of the shot they're shooting as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we have kept you uh, long enough for this little migration report. So you, you guys, you're in the Mississippi Flyway top part of it. Yes. Right, right now, everything is on par, and lots of ducks. More ducks than usual. More ducks than usual. More ducks than usual. Yeah. And one result of that, you know, a duck, a duck, a duck tend to, tends to nest later than a than a Canada goose does. A big goose is the first one back to the breeding ground, and the first ones to nest. It was a very late spring. Uh, we got hit with some April, basically, yep. blizzards, cold yep. weather. And then after that, we got rain, influx, the uh, water levels on a lot of rivers that geese nest at. So it was just a poor hatch for the for the geese. But uh, ducks ducks seem to be, seem to be really good uh, in a lot of places, maybe everywhere. So uh, it should be a banner 
uh, uh, duck year geese. A little bit tougher, but hey, that's that's how it rolls. That's right. Where uh, you you got any trips planned this winter? Are you sticking around Rochester? Uh, we are heading up to Manitoba uh, next week. So that will be uh, that will be our uh, first kind of trip. We went up to North Dakota uh, duck hunting uh, about a week and a half ago, and then we'll go to Manitoba. And then after that, we just kind of play it by ear. Good deal. Well, if you make it down to the south part of the flyway, you're more you got uh, you got a place you can come. That sounds good. I appreciate you guys for having me on. You bet. Where can people reach you at? You got uh, you're you're chipping away at calls right now. I'm assuming. Yep, and we're gonna uh, gear.com we're releasing our new website hopefully it'll be up tomorrow uh which is friday the 26th awesome all right man well uh if there's anything that we can do for you let us know thank you for coming on and letting people know what you're seeing at the top part of the flyway i appreciate it guys thanks a lot thank you scott very much you have a good day bye all right that was scott trinan mississippi flyway rochester minnesota and next, we've got Bill Saunders. Bill Saunders. It's only 8 o'clock there. Good for you, Bill. Up and at him. You got the numbers still? Uh, no. You better give it to me, but off the air. Yeah. Just let me. I don't want people bombarding his cell phone number. Okay. Da, da, da. We're calling Bill Saunders live on air. Can you imagine? Which one? The, the work number? I don't know. I just thought we'd call Give me him. the work number. Give me the other one. Well, see if he answers that one. Well, it, it, give me the other one. I got to get back to it now. Quickly. There. Keeping people waiting. Oh, that's a... Pay attention to the road, folks, if you're driving, okay? Yeah, if you're driving, we're not doing anything other than calling. And look us up on the... The Big Hawk Podcast has got a closed page. All you got to do is ask to be invited. We haven't turned anybody down yet. <sighs> that first one's out there. Okay, phone ringing. Bill, Bill, how you doing? This is Jeff Stanfield. How you doing, man? Good. Hey, and it's Andy. We're uh, we're actually rolling right now. We just got off the phone with Scott Trinan in the Mississippi Flyway. So now we're going all the way to the West Coast. What are you seeing out there, Bill? Um, summer-like conditions. Summer-like. <laughs> oh, that is not good for October twenty-fifth. No, no, it's it's warm. Um, one thing I will say, we have. Quite a few ducks, I think, uh, in part because we had such a good local hatch of ducks that we saw around here. Um, duck hunting has been great. I mean, as far as Octobers go, I would say it's as good or better than any October that I've seen when it comes to duck hunting. Um, goose hunting, they're put, they're still staged up north. Um, I'm talking to guys that are, you know, probably upwards of 100 miles north of me. Mm-hmm. and they're seeing kind of the same thing. Very few birds. We're seeing birds. They're pushing in. Um, you know, I'd say that, if anything, they're a week and a half, two weeks behind. But we are seeing a few more every day. Um, cacklers, snow geese, um, what few specks we had had moved on already. So um, yep. We're holding them here for you right now. Yeah, they're all in Texas. Yeah, it's amazing how quick they can get down, isn't it? Yeah, I bet we've got fifteen to twenty thousand specks here right now. Wow! And a, yeah. we got a ton of ducks, but we've got water out the ass. It is everywhere. Now we've been colder than usual here, so y'all y'all haven't cooled down at all. No, no. Um, we're looking to get a little bit of moisture this weekend, 
And then I think next week, you know, our highs will be in the 50s. But, you know, we I think I can think of only like one frost. Um, so, yeah, it's warm. So on the West Co- on the West Coast, y'all are a couple weeks behind this year right now. Definitely, definitely. What? Uh, when when did y'all start duck hunting? Uh, October thirteenth or fourteenth or whatever day it opened. I think it opened on thirteenth. So you've you've been so. going at them for about twelve days now. Yeah, yeah, and it's been good. I mean, there's you know there's a lot of little ducks around, but there's you know a fair amount of mallards. Um, you know, from what we're seeing, we have shot a. A uh, few bands, and most of the bands that we shot are local bands. So, you know. So you have a good resident. You have a resident population of mallards there, then. Yeah, yeah, we do, and we have a resident population of Canada geese as well. But you know, they they stick close to town, man. They don't like to venture out too far, and when they do, they get shot, and usually that's the last time they do it. So we're we're typically waiting on lessers, you know to show up in, you know, any more of the snow geese. So we did see, you know, we're seeing more snow geese. Um, I'm hearing of a few pockets of lessers and whites that are, you know, in different areas. Uh, when we have ran goose hunts this year so far, you know, we have shot a few lessers. But we're, like I said, I mean, we're behind a week and a half, two weeks. So I'm thinking if, you know, based on that, you know, and what traditionally, when we traditionally get our push of birds, I'm thinking this weekend we're probably going to see a pretty good push of birds, and then all next week we'll see a good push, you know, and that would, in my opinion, be the push that we would have seen already, you know, a week and a half ago, so. Right. So, um, what, what, uh, what's your predictions for this year, given the, given the hatch numbers and, and kind of the weather being late, what, what are you thinking, man? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I, you know, I never worry about about any of that stuff as far, you know, I've got to go no matter what. I've got to, you know, rain or shine, birds or no birds, I've got to be out there and I've got to, I've got to hunt and I've got to put, uh, you know, successful hunts together. So uh, I don't pay a, a lot of attention to it, but what I've heard, you know, um, it sounds like, you know, across the board, everywhere, everyone I've talked to, in the Canadian prairies and, you know, locally here, I think we're going to have an incredible duck season. Um, I don't know, like I said, I don't pay that much attention to the what they say we have for duck numbers or that. I just go based on, you know, boots on the ground, grassroots information, and the information I'm getting, it sounds like it's going to be a really good duck year. Goose year, it sounds like the white bird numbers are definitely down. Um, you know, guys that I'm talking to, up north are, you know, sounds like little Canada's are, you know, kind of par for what uh, what you would normally see and and shoot up north and, um, you know, big goose numbers around here, you know, kind of is always stay consistent. So um, I'm thinking it's going to be a great duck year. I think it's going to be, you know, business as usual on the on the dark east, and then hopefully we see a good push of whites. Yeah, we have. I've never seen duck numbers here the way we have right now. Now we also have had some cold weather. We're way ahead. Yeah. We're way ahead. We're two weeks ahead. Where y'all are two weeks behind. But we've had. We've gotten in the 30s already. It's we got tons of water, and we haven't had a freeze yet. But we're real close. But we are covered with ducks. I've never seen this many ducks here. But it's funny. We got a lot of big ducks here, and we also got a lot of blue winged teal here still. Yeah. Huh. That's uh, that's 
I, I know that uh, there's a few blue wings still hanging around here and a few cinnamon teal, which is almost unheard of to be, you know, have them hanging out this long. And I know some that were shot last week. So, um, you know, yeah, I want your weather. <laughs> what it comes down to, I'm ready for some cold weather. You know, we've got, you know, November on, you know, as, you know, as far as the guide service goes here, we're, we're busy and, you know, you want to get your hunters into some good shoots and, um, yeah, I'm ready for the cold weather, man. Are, are your birds dr- driven out of Alaska, most of them? Is that where most of your birds come from? Yeah, a lot of our birds are, are from Alaska, B.C., but, you know, we, we you know, we, we get band recovery, you know, uh, that's, you know, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Northwest Territories, you know, I think, you know, you, I think you and I had talked before that none of it colony and all, you know, so, I mean, it's, not just Alaska, but a lot of them are. I would say the guys that are hunting on the on the coast, you know, like guys like Dave and Brad and, and you know, like Dave Smith decoys and, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys that I know there, a lot of their birds, you know, are strictly out of Alaska. So, Yeah, see, where, where our birds come from, we talk to guys in Canada also, and, and they have uh, a lot of guys north, Alberta, Saskatchewan, a lot of their birds have, have pushed out and... I guess about two weeks ago, they were worried about everything locking up up there. Yeah, I, I heard the same thing, that there was some cold weather. And then the next the next conversation I had with the, my, my guys up there, it was like, ah, it's nice. We've got 60, 70 degree weather. Yeah. Um, I talked to some guys the last two days that are, you know, still up there. And they said duck numbers are strong, strong, strong. Goose numbers are dwindling where they're at. Um but you know, it's it's like anything. I mean, you put your time in, you're going to find a pocket of birds, and you know, next thing you know, you could think you're out of birds, and the next thing, oh, this is the most geese I've seen all year. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's it's hard to you know get a we'll say a study sample from you know one guy. So yeah. so yeah. So what what do you got going on? You're cranking away on calls, or what are you doing today? I you guys caught me in the middle of I'm tuning calls and uh packaging calls and then uh, i've got to go out and i've got to work on some pits this afternoon so we, i've got a real exciting day planned we we've so. got we've got the same we've got a lot of blinds to build bill what is going on with our packers dude i don't even want to talk about it i mean because i'm like like anything that comes up on your know, social media newsfeed that has green and gold on i stop and i have to read mm-hmm. and i mean I don't know, man. It, it, to me, what it's what it looks like if we could put together a whole game, mm-hmm. two halves, mm-hmm. we'd be hard to beat. Yep, but that first and half. I is think a... that I think that we'd have two more wins, yeah. but it mm. seems as though they can't get their shit together. They I mean, don't. Ro- like... they, they don't roll the first half at all. Let, let me give you guys some enlightenment on your Packers. Oh shit! Here, oh, here we go. Let's, listen what to this fuck? now. No, I want you to think about this. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. If Mason Crosby can kick, oh yeah, y'all are five. Y'all are five and one right now. That's it. He's cost you two games. You're three, two, and one. You'd you'd have one more win from the loss column, and that tie wouldn't be there. You'd be five and one. Well, no. If the referees hadn't had their head up their ass on the Clay Matthews hit against Kirk Cousin, that's an interception. But it's the same game, anyways. Y'all should have won that game. But if he makes an extra point or field goal in that game, you win. So you're five and one. It, so, it doesn't seem like it, does it, Bill? 
No, it doesn't. It seems like, it honestly feels like you're teetering on the, the edge of, is it baseball season yet? You know? <laughs> You know that's how you know that's how baseball season goes. It's like, oh man, I can't wait for football team yeah. or football season because my damn Mariners suck again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, it just it, that this season just feels like. I mean, there was so much anticipation with the big contract, and everybody got a new you new know, defense coordinator. Everything's you know, oh man, we're gonna you know storm the the world this year. And mm-hmm. fuck, it's. You want me to give you some bad news for your Packers? What? My prediction? Oh, fuck. You're spending $30 million on a freaking quarterback, and Chicago is paying $3 million for theirs, and Trubisky is good, He is, and he's going to get better and better. Chicago's going to have the money, just like Seattle did when they had Russell Wilson on that rookie contract, money to pay everybody around them to keep them there and bring them in. Green Bay can't afford to bring nobody in because they're paying Pretty Boy all that damn money. Speaking of Pretty Boy, did your, did your heart drop through your asshole on that first game when his knee – Got hurt? Oh, I shut the I shut the TV off, <laughs> and I was like, "Again, the season's over." Yeah, yeah. I was talking, I talking to my dad. My dad, you know, he's from Wisconsin and a Packer fan. I called the house, my folks' house, and I was like, "What's going on? Oh, your dad's out mowing the lawn." <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it was Sunday night football. Dad's yeah. mowing the yard at whatever time it was. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was done for man. Well, I've got him on my fantasy team. He was the first player that I took because we're in a two-quarterback league, and I I thought everything was over. I thought I'm not going to be able to watch football this year because Aaron Rodgers is out, and my fantasy football team has just gone down the shitter. Yeah. So. Mm. uh, I don't think it's as bad as y'all think it is. I think y'all are are in for a really good December and January. I don't think nobody can beat the Rams if, uh, if they stay healthy, though. I hope you're right. And we've got we got the Rams on Sunday, so in in yeah. LA, and then we go to Boston the next week. Yeah, tough stretch. No, the next yeah. Besides Miami, it looked like the next five games were all against winning teams yeah. that were healthy. So, well, we have kept you long enough. Go all get, right. Go get those calls done. Go get your pit blinds done. Hopefully, the Packers get their shit together, and hopefully, you get some cold weather. Push some birds down. Yeah. Send us some cold weather, and it'll all be good in my book. We, pre- we appreciate you being on here, Bill. We'll holler at you again hey. in about three weeks. Go ahead, Andy. Where can people reach you at, Bill? At uh, BillSaundersCalls.com. BillSaundersCalls.com, and you are in the Northwest. Yep. Perfect. Well, Bill, if there's anything that we can do for you, let us know. And thank you so much for giving uh, your migration report. All right, man. Go, Pat. Have a good one. Go, Pat. Go. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Bye-bye. Later. All right, Bill Saunders. All right, we got to check him off the list. We got three minutes to kill, and then we got Sean Mann coming on, and, gonna, and he's in the Atlantic Flyway. Yep. And so well, they got a lot of news on that deal coming up. So he'll be able to give his take on uh, on everything that's what, what, going on. What there. time is it right now? Ten fifteen. Ten fifteen. Okay. Miss nine to three is just now getting here. We've got a lady <laughs> that works for us that has for a long time. That has for quite a long time, seven eight years. And she says she's here from 9 to 3. Every day. Every day, Monday to Friday. Well, it doesn't matter. If you tell her to be here at 5, she's never on time. She gets her job done. She does a great job. She gets her job done. she's never on time. But she gets so pissed off at me when I ask her what time it is. It's 10.15 and she was going to be here at 9. Yeah. So she's just now rolling in. But 
Matter of fact, the other day we were grilling outside and she was supposed to be here at five o'clock and it was like five thirty. She's coming up. I go, what time it is? Because you can kiss my ass because I get my stuff done. <laughs> not not disagreeing with that, but you're not here when you say you're going to be <laughs> no, here. Never. If I really wanted to be here at a certain time, I told her to be here thirty minutes before, so I know she'll be on time usually. It's just crazy. We've talked to two guys and they're both both behind. Well, one guy's shooting big birds though. Right. And that makes right. a difference. But he said there's tons of ducks there. Yeah. And we, we're, we're, you know, everybody that I've talked to, especially up in Canada, like they're like, oh, shit. And maybe things have thawed out a little bit up there since I've talked to them. If but. you take all of our water right here and you consolidate it into one or two lakes, mm-hmm. we're way ahead on geese. But yeah, when you sure. drive by and you look, you're like, well, we're about normal. But that's because we got birds scattered everywhere. Ducks, did you see the widgeons on the water right here next to the lodge? I did. And that, you I know? Did. Yeah. We got a lot of, we're going to shoot a lot of widgeons and gadwalls on Saturday. Fine with me. We're going to try a field hunt. We, we've never field hunted here in October. We don't field hunt here much anyways, but we're going to do a field hunt. we got a feed field that's just loaded with birds, and we're going to bust out the A-frame and take Dad. Dad has never, ever hunted out of an A-frame, and Dad has never hunted field ducks. He's never hunted field ducks? He shot a bunch of ducks in the field while we're goose hunting, but he's never done just a, goose, a duck hunt right. in the field ever. See, it sounds like we've had more cold weather than, than Bill has where he's at. We're both wearing long sleeves right now. Yeah. Last th- Halloween was our first cold front. It was cold Halloween night. Right. And we're fixing to go through a little warming trend. This is the first time I got my truck a man go and I look for my sunglasses. I don't think I've put sunglasses mm-hmm. on in two weeks. Mm-hmm. First time I've seen the sun in a while. And I'm not complaining. We God, we needed the rain and God has blessed us. But I wish God would bless us with some dry weather, dry cold weather. I would take a dry cold front right now. But I have a feeling every front we get is going to be accompanied by snow and rain and ice. Hopefully it's snow. All right, let's call Sean, man. Sean's ready for us? Yeah, it's about that time. That number hey, right there. Hang on. Let me get into my phone again. All right. We'll get uh, Sean on the line, and maybe he can shed some light on this <clears throat> Atlantic Flyway. Yeah, and then we'll call Jeff Coates after that. He's also on the yep. Atlantic Flyway. Sean, man, outdoors. Sean, Jeff Stanfield, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Good. Hey, Sean, it's Andy. How, hope everything's hey, Andy, going well. You? I'm doing well, doing well. Good, good. good. Do you, you hadn't had any bombs d- delivered today, have you? Um, oh, 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 you mean in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I delivered a couple myself earlier. <laughs> <laughs> How's things in the East Coast? Between cups of coffee, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Exactly. Go ahead and clear that up. Otherwise, <laughs> the, they'll be knocking on your door next. <laughs> how, how are things on the East Coast? What are we seeing out there, Sean? Well, we're finally seeing some cool weather and finally seeing some waterfowl as a result. I mean, it was really warm up until just, gosh... See, today's Thursday. I bet you it was, uh, I think, just last Thursday or Friday when it cooled off. You know, last year, y'all were blessed with all the cold weather, and it was warm here, and we've been blessed with a lot cooler cold weather in the Midwest all the way to, I guess, the North Pole, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been watching it every day. It's cool out there, cool out there, and, you know, then it was warm out here. Now we've had a couple of frosts, finally. I mean, you know, we usually have a frost in September, mm-hmm. where we begin to get frost in September. So we finally have some frost. Um you know, and and some guys are seeing. You know, of course, the the wood duck situation's good here. 
Um, but guys are starting to see some migratory ducks, some pintails and mallards. Black ducks are always here, but we're starting to see some, some new black ducks move through. And, and some teal have been shot. But, you know, Maryland's not the duck place that the rest of the world is. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our history was... Uh, you know, our ancient history was canvasbacks and redheads out on the out on the uh, the flats and in the rivers when we had a lot more grasses. But in '72, you know, when Agnes, Hurricane Agnes, or Tropical Storm, or whatever it was called, came through, it screwed a lot of things up. And we've started recovering from that, but we never had the puddle duck populations that other places in the country do. So, in fact, next year our mallard limit will be cut. Two, two, two. Yeah, we were, we were gonna we were gonna ask you about that. Uh, what it's a thirty day season, if I'm not mistaken. Well, with with the ducks. Well, with it, it one one goose, two. two no, it's actually it's two geese, two geese. fifty days. Okay. But next year is probably thirty and one. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm talking about next year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's you know. See, I don't know how everybody else used to do it. But in Maryland, we used to, our goose season was set like late August, early September mm-hmm. for that fall. And the federal, um, what I'm told is that the federal government was having such a hard time, and this might have been across the country, I don't know, but it was having such a hard time because I guess they, they, they get their recommendations and they put it out for public uh, comment, and then they have to get it into the federal register and then published. They 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 were running up against that deadline so tight all the time that they decided to move things back into the prior spring. So our season, you know, this season was set, I believe, the spring of 18 rather than, you know, the fall of 18. Right. And unfortunately, because we had all that cold weather, and I, you know, you guys are talking... You guys have probably talked to people. I don't know if you've gone to Canada yourselves this year or anything, but um, all the guys I've talked to who hunted Canada this year, no matter whether they hunted, you know, the east side or the west side or all the way across, have told me that all the snow goose flocks they've seen are all adults. Right. You know, that there's there's no young birds, and they're practically unkillable. Yeah. And, you know, we were we've been told that, that there were there was twenty inches of ice on the Ungava Peninsula breeding area. You now that our birds usually go, and I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if any if you guys have ever talked to anybody about what that means. No, we have not. I mean, it, it seems obvious, right? You'd right. a lot of people would think, well, then the birds should just go south to where they have open ground and breed. Mm-hmm. But but these birds breed where they first flew, so where they were fledged. Mm-hmm. So it's very much like salmon going up a particular river because that's where they were hatched. Right. You know, you, if you shove them up another river, they wouldn't know what to do them with themselves. It's just, you know, so so our birds go back to the breeding grounds and stand on that ice. Mm-hmm. They don't go south and breed in open areas. So, um, and and... You know, I was through, I was, I experienced the last closure, you know, when right. we were closed for six years. And 
and and during all the years that led up to that, all the years through that and since then, you know, I talk to our biologists constantly. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have time for this? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. there's, there's no time limit. Because you know how I can get. <laughs> yeah. But but it's important, I think, for people to understand because this is the way it goes all the way across the continent, all the way across the globe. That that uh, ducks are different. Ducks can uh, can can breed here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but apparently geese and all the geese, um, you know, just have Mother Nature has in them a uh, a uh, oh cool. What do you mind? Just sent me a picture. You getting text oh. messages there? What are we doing? Oh, yeah, you hear my uh, harmonica? Yeah, my little Johnny Popper. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna uh, so I'm gonna take a little side trip here. Hey, I got to tell you this. Yeah, what'd your buddy send you? Well, he sent me pictures of my new shotgun. Oh, okay. And I and my new shotgun. Uh, we got to put this out there as a challenge to people. Okay. Okay. Well, only in places where you have low limits. See, we have we have a two-bird limit on geese, right? Mm-hmm. So my question is always, if if we only have a two-bird limit, why are we loading three shells? There you go. So several years ago, I bought a 20-gauge Um. It's it's like a Beretta. It's 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 made on the same machines as the Beretta, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, bear, can you bear with me one second? Go ahead. <laughs> so it's twenty gauge single shot, okay? Right. And I don't know if you guys ever saw those guns that Beretta made that almost fold in half when you open them. Yes. Okay. They they were, and he just sent me a picture of another one, and I want it because I want like four of them, <laughs> one for everybody in the line. Hey, do you have that one in the store? How low can you go? Sean Mann is wheeling and dealing on the line here. It's not yours. Oh. Can, can I get it for? Okay, you don't think I can get it for a hundred, do you? He's not getting that gun, folks. Okay, buck and a quarter. Buck and a quarter. Jump all over it, Sean. One forty nine is what they put on it. Oh. Okay, I'll take it. But I mean, I'd like to get it cheaper. Look at him. He's, he's just going Do what you can for me, but if I have to pay 150 I will. It's 20 it's clean, right? He's not. has a safety on top and all that, and he's it's got a rib, right? He's not a good salesman. He's not a, okay. not a good salesman. Oh, it's a plain barrel? He, he okay, that's he, fine. I don't care. I'll take it. He could have got it for 125 Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you looking out for me. I'm on, I'm, I actually have the other phone up to the other ear with Jeff and the guys from the podcast. <laughs> so this is all being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled another shotgun. So everybody buys, you know, these anti aircraft weapons. You could have right? got you could have got that for one twenty five, Sean. Well you know what, if I can he'll get it for me. Oh, okay. Because if you find an actual Beretta, uh-huh. they're like six hundred dollars. Yeah. They made those guns down to thirty two gauge. Whoa. It's cool as hell. Yeah. So for me, so for me, my whole thing is, you know, I don't really like to have more than four people in a blind counting a guide. Right. Because I don't usually shoot, and that way you got someone shooting the middle, someone shooting the right, someone shooting the left, mm-hmm. right? I can call the shot and sit out, and then say, how'd you do? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird. No. But, you know, my dog will mark the birds. That's right. So, so, uh, so with a two-bird limit, why do we want it to be over so fast? 
I'd like to have four 20-gauge single shots. And I'll tell you why. Because not only would it be, is it more fun for me that way, because it's like you get one chance, right? <laughs> yeah. But in addition to that, when the birds come in, they don't hear 12 shells go off. That's important. They hear three or four. Yeah. Okay, Sean, so, go ahead. Yeah, we got to get back to, back to the subject. Okay, so, um, yeah, so those birds, you know, go to the breeding So they stand there on the ice, and if they can't nest, they simply absorb the egg that they have sitting there unfertilized in their body to keep themselves alive. So their fat stores that are normally con- converted to egg, you know, to, to produce eggs, are used to keep the bird alive. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's the big deal. Our breeding pairs have plummeted in three years from 200,000 to 106,000, and we don't know why. Man. Yeah, that's, that's serious, isn't it? That's a big one. Yeah, and it's not. We don't believe it's hunter harvest. So it's, yeah, they got, we got to find out what's going on with that. But anyway, so flyway-wise, we're just getting our cool weather. We've got some sea ducks out on the bay, you know, scoters uh, and long-tailed ducks, mm-hmm. uh, formerly, no, a, formerly known as old squaw, but <laughs> long-tailed duck. And, um, but as I said, guys are seeing some gadwalls, widgeon, pintails, a few mallards. Um, so it's starting to shape up nicely. And if, if we end up with the hard winter that we think we're going to end up with, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're going to end up with a lot of with a lot of the western birds because it looks like that cold is kind of closing off the west the western part of this continent and kind of shoving east now. Is that what you guys are saying? Yes, we're we're actually uh, we're way ahead on ducks right now, which we have talked to Bill Saunders and, and Sh- uh, Scott Trinan, and they're way ahead on ducks right now. So I'm thinking that the ducks had a very good hatch. That's great. Uh, we are... We're ahead on geese, too. We're ahead on geese, too, but we, we always have early specs. Yeah. Um, we actually saw... Jeff saw some Canada's last night, which that that's pretty early for us. We usually don't see... Uh, right. An f- actual flock of Canada's I saw, and that's unusual for... That's two weeks ahead, just about. It's usually November 7th to the 10th when we start picking up some Canada's. So, today's the 25th of October, so they're about two weeks ahead. So. Good. That's good. But, yeah, we're... We're excited. Yeah. What yeah, a- I'm excited, too. I'm, I mean, this is my favorite time of year. Always has been, always will be. We're going to holler back but, at you in about a month and get another one or a couple of weeks. Probably in about a couple of weeks. Any time migration. you want. What's that? Probably in a couple of weeks we'll call back. Oh, yeah, do it for sure. We want to make, sure. make this a regular thing throughout the, throughout the season. I am so. at your disposal, as they say. Well, give a plug to your call company. Yeah. I'm sorry? Give, tell everybody how to reach you and get a hold of you. Oh, well, www.seanman.com, or give me a shout at 1-800-345-4539. All right, Sean, Perfect. we appreciate it very much. You have a wonderful and safe rest of October, and Thank we look you. forward to hearing you from you in November. Go get, Thanks so much. Go I'll get that shotgun. Well. Go get that shotgun. Pardon me? Oh, I am going. I'm looking at the pictures right now. I'm loving it. All right. It's so funny. You know, it's a one-shooter. That's all. That's all that you need. Make it challenging I think for it's you great. guys. It's like, how? I actually have a piece of property that's only ten acres, right? And mm-hmm. the neighbors hate gunfire, 
And it's just the perfect gun for that. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Be good. All right. See you, you, Sean. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. That was Sean Mann. He's in Maryland. And he got a new shotgun right on the air. Who's next? Uh, Jeff Coates. Jeff Coates. This is the last one. He's also on the Atlantic Atlantic Flyway. Yeah, I was going to call a kid in Kansas, but I couldn't get a hold of him. That's all right. He missed his shot. We're in the Central Flyway. We're telling you all you need to know. Give me Jeff Coates' number. The Pip Boss. Quickly. I've got no time to waste. It's my son's birthday today. Reesey boy turns four years old. 410. Hold on. Don't give it over the air, bub. Oh, that's the area code. My goodness gracious. Okay. Would you want people giving your number over there? I give my number out all the well, time. Jeff, so. you know what? Some people are I'm different. sure it's business-wise. He probably don't care. Oh. Well, that's for him to decide. Here's Jeff Coates. He's somewhere in PEI. Uh, what's that island? That place where he hunts. Shoot, that's loud. I'm sorry, folks. P- Prince Edward Island, maybe. Maybe. Jeff, Jeff Stanfield. How you doing, bud? Hey, how are you? Uh, where are you at right now? Uh, PEI Canada, Prince Edward Island. Prince Edward Island. What are you shooting right now? Uh, we just done shooting some shooting action geese this morning. <laughs> Our shooting wasn't the best. We actually had a lot of opportunities this morning. Um, big, uh, saw a couple of ducks. We shot a pair of black ducks, but uh, really came up uh, to film for Migration Nation. Um, so uh, Canada goose hunting. Uh, hopefully get a black duck hunt in and or... Uh, Maybe a bear's golden eye hunt, kind of a trophy hunt. The bears are. And um, very fortunate, uh, the fellow Jeff had chosen us, uh, got us out on a uh, tuna boat. They had a ticket, or a tag, excuse me. And um, we actually killed a uh, 551-pound bluefin tuna. Wow. So what, what what's the uh, duck status up there? Are you ahead, behind? What's it looking like? Again, I'm sorry. What's the duck population looking like right now in goose population? So, you know, even people are not fun. Um, actually, actually, have quite a few scoters showing up. Um, the uh, I don't know if it's more of the local Canada geese kind of kind of uh, group up, and or there's you know there's some there are some birds that Canada geese might get it down, but in my uh, kind of the the um, what we call refuge ponds, but. The ponds that they roost on, uh, you really see a big difference already. Uh, and that was like we left on the 19th. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's more and more birds that are seeing. And um, you're seeing, seeing a lot of birds here, too. Well, good deal, because we're, we're ahead of schedule here. We're a couple of weeks ahead in Texas right now. And I've talked to Bill Saunders, said they're behind on geese right now on the in, on the West Coast. And then Sean Mann said that, you know, he, he didn't really say if they were behind or ahead. And Scott Trinan said in Minnesota, that they're ahead on ducks but behind on geese. But they're shooting mostly the big geese, so I didn't know if that was making a difference. So <clears throat> you're, you're, you're seeing yeah, – No, I'd say – yeah, I would say, I mean, it, it's very – I would say it's very typical, even though uh, my, my, you know, specifically Maryland, the October weather to me was very, very mild, uh, warm and humid, which it really – you know, I wouldn't call it hot, but it was definitely warm and humid, uh, much like, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe late August. Definitely felt like September. You know, it, didn't, it did not really feel like October. Um, but yeah, no, there's, uh, there's a there's a couple birding uh, birding sites that I watch, and and the numbers there. You know, they they and since they're just counting them the best they can. But I mean, they they um, you know, I, I check in with them daily, seeing seeing what seeing what they're seeing, and it just it looks it all looks to be you know like I guess average, if you will. 
have y'all got into the Atlantic? I had to step out. I got a bladder of an 85 year old woman. What's your take on the Atlantic flyway? Uh, choking it down for next season. What are some or the of the Canada goose? Well, yeah, the Canada goose. Uh, I, th- I think uh, one goose for the 2019, 2020 season. What's going on there? Yeah. I, uh, before I left, I actually heard it was going to happen this year. No, I think it's next. I think it's 2019, 2020. Uh, I think it's still two, yeah. two geese. Yeah. For I, this year. I, I talked to, um, uh, Molly's place, uh, sporting goods, uh, on, uh, in Tank County on the upper Eastern shore of Maryland. They had an open house a few weeks back, and there was quite a few guys that you know, really target and uh, specialize in Canada geese. We, we were we were talking about it. I, I mean, I guess you know it, it much like when they closed the season, you know, in the in the late nineties. Um, you know, it, I guess if, if if they're if they're in bad shape, I guess it's, it's what they need to do. You know, I mean, it's 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 um, you know, it's, you know, it's kind. Of, it was just my opinion, obviously, but you know, count, counting birds is it's not it's not a scientific scientific thing. I mean, they basically the, the way it's been explained to me, especially on Gallup Peninsula. I mean, they they fly the same lines year after year after year. So basically, it's, it's more of like an index. I I think and that's that's what I've always thought about bird numbers. Mm-hmm. And they're not they're not telling you what the exact number of birds is. It's it's, it's more you know, more of an index. And they fly those lines, and and the only problem with, with that is when they when they do that. You know, they're, they're basically their their sample section is the lines that they traditionally and historically block um, you know, before they get on the ground and and, and you know, start checking checking nests and and um, you know the um, the hatch plate plate uh, research that they do. And uh, so, I mean, you know, you know, what if what if I know it's easy to say what if or what if you know, mm-hmm. birds are nesting in all kinds of other places, you know. And I guess I'll tell you that you know, traditionally, you know, birds nest in the same spot. I know guys uh, up in Quebec where the eider nest. They'll tell me that you know, a, a hen eider nests within three meters of where she nested the first time. That basically she always comes back. Wow. Um, so if that's the case, that's the case with geese. And I guess flying those numbers are a little more accurate. But if, if it's not, you know, then you're kind of, you know. I keep saying I'm not, I'm not starting for words, but I, mean, I guess it just is what it is. It's, so, it's not. Want to, me. It's not going to affect the, the the sea duck hunting then. No, well, I mean, this is the third year of the new reduced sea duck season. So, I mean, it, it was a hundred in the Atlantic Five was 107 days long, and now it's only 60 days long. And this will be the third year of the reduced season, to only 60 days. And in that, with the reduction that that's just uh, the 107 days to 60. They also reduced the bag limit um, in the framework. You could have, it was a seven speed up limit. There was no more than four scoter, and now uh, they've reduced it to a flyway uh, framework of five speed up bag limit with no more than four any species. So now there's a specific uh, four old squall limit or long long tail duck limit, as well as the four eider limit, um, and, it, and it's still four scoter. Hmm. I've, I've heard some rumors that they're going to start tweaking tweaking those numbers too. So. You know, Tweak, uh, tweaking them down or reducing it? Yes, yeah, the bag. Yeah, the bag limit itself. Yeah. Mm. Well, so maybe you know, it's like in, in that five, you know, more than three of anything, you know, just yeah. to try to you know, take a little more, a little more pressure, pressure off them. So I, I do. I mean, I can, I can tell you for sure. I do know that there's, there's a lot more interest and a lot more pressure on sea ducks for sure. So that, so what there, what there was, what there was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. 
So uh, overview right now, what you're seeing for a migration report, you think that the see y'all are a, a little behind or a little ahead? Yeah, so it's about it's about right. I mean, for me specifically on my scoter, Maryland is the scoter of always I've always told guys, you know, it peaks. If I had to pick a day to say what day is the peak of the migration, I always say Halloween. Mm-hmm. The last week of October, the first week of November is the biggest bunches of scoter you know that are headed south. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we. Um, we appreciate you taking your time out of your day because I know you're a busy man. When do you get back? Yeah, for sure. How long, how long are you up there? Uh, probably be up there to leave um, on Monday. We'll hunt Monday and then head, head back, get back, get home for a few days, and then uh, my, my 60 days, two duck season starts uh, you know, the third, first Saturday there in November. So. I know you're excited about that. Hey, what. Uh, what do what have you been? I've been looking on your uh, Instagram. You you're you're tempting me with some delicious food on your Instagram stories. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I kind of moved my I, I do I do post food on on my main page, but I've kind of moved the food over to the stories. So yeah, you know, last, you, last one last twenty four hours or so, and then you can see see what happens in the the next day. So you're killing yeah, me, Karen. I definitely we 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 definitely like to grill and we like to try to enjoy it. So. Hey, I still want to get one of your dang decoys. I sent you a message. You send me an invoice on one. I want to buy one to put in my collection. We'll, we'll do something better. Please remind when I get home. I sure will, bud. You be safe on your travels, bud, all right? Yeah, guys, thanks for I appreciate the call. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. All right, that's Pit Boss Waterfowler, we've, Jeff Coates. We've covered the United States pretty well, it looks like. Sea to shining sea. to shining sea. East coast to west coast. Manifest destiny. All right. Well, I guess overall it sounds like they're all behind. Yeah, except we were pretty fortunate. I think the middle of the country. Is, well, that's where the fronts have been. Yes. And that last year it was all to the east and now right. it's all to the middle. I just looked at the weather a minute ago for long term and it's looking like there's going to be a front hit here. At one time I saw one that said a freeze next week, but I'm not seeing that now. I'm not seeing it anymore. No. I'm seeing now that it was a, let's see here. I always look at the weather in Minot, North Dakota. That's one of my indicators for us. Mm-hmm. Because whatever happens in Minot happens here about 24 hours later. 24? You're full of shit about three days later. No, the front. If the cold north wind hits at Minot the next day, it's here about 24 hours. Coming well, by God, we'll just time it next time. Well, you won't listen anyways. You won't bet them damn some stakes on this shit? It's always about the stakes. But yeah, that that's we kind of look uh, top of the... Minot is... We always check there. I got that from Jeff. Um, always check there and... Whatever weather they get, we're usually not far behind them. They're, they're 61 today, 56, and then it's going to be in the 40s next week on Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday there. So, so there's a but it's a west of... wind. It's not a hard north wind. But I think on Thursday they're supposed to have a pretty good little front hand. We if, need an Alberta it, clipper. Yeah, if they do, uh, our our numbers will explode right now. We're kind of hanging steady. So uh, big moon out there. Last couple of days I sure was hoping there was going to be a north wind. Anyways. Check out our website, stanfieldhunting.com. Check out all our sponsors. Still got some November dates. So if you're wanting those, give us a call. Hope that this was informational. Like Jeff said, we covered every stitch of the continent. We'll, we'll do this in a couple times. I've got guys at Country, sorry, whatever. Yeah, and I've got some other guys. And we'll talk to some other guys next time. We'll sure. call and we'll, we'll rotate around and we'll call some other outfitters and see what they're seeing. And not have to be an outfitter, you know, some guy that hunts all the time. We know some buddies are in the field all the time. We want to talk to the people in the field so we can get back to you and let you know what's going on. Be safe out there. Take your kid hunting. God bless you, and you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much for listening.